I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kayla McKinnon. I'm just not used to it. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> it was a delay. I was thinking about where our fandoms intersect. I was having this whole conversation in my head about it. I was like, I know where our fandoms intersect. Can you tell? This is the second episode we're recording back to back, y'all. It, it's not to not to pull back the curtain too much, y'all. <laughs> it's November Crabathon. That's where our fandoms intersect. <laughs> this is this is episode two hundred and sixty-two, which is being recorded directly after we recorded episode two hundred and sixty-one. We have not done this in a long, been a time. real long time. So we are out of time. I'm the first non-Brazilian person to travel backwards through time. Right now. No, it's not spoopy season. It's crapathon. We don't make noises for crapathon. The only noises we make for crapathon are yes, <laughs> and 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 sometimes chuckling. That is what we do, friends. If you'd like to listen to any of our other 261 episodes, you go wherever you get your audio content: Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. If you're on Spotify, click that little bell in the corner. Not only will you then follow this program, you will get notifications every time a new episode hits the platform. If you're on another platform, you may be like, that sounds unfair. Worry not, friends. You'll get your episodes, and you'll know when they're coming, because you will hear Frosty Chimes on the Wind from the back of a Rainbow Mane alicorn named Philip. Those episodes are being brought to you by your mans. Chauncey Fossilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Just dropping those episodes straight into your device. It's what he loves to do. It's what he lives for. You will never miss an episode. It's true. If you would like to recommend that we never record back-to-back episodes again... You can head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Let us know there, you hater. Seriously. <laughs> you fucking hater. We do this for you. This is this is basically my entire Sunday. She She's taking her entire Sunday and my entire Sunday. Listen, I passed out after watching The Covenant last night. That was a week ago for some of y'all, but <laughs> for me, for me, it was last night. I passed out. I was up at 6 a.m. to get as much dude funk out of this place as possible. You did a good job. It, it smelled like grapefruit and... And a, cri- um, and and a Christmas pie. tree. And pie. And Christmas tree. <laughs> because I'm at a Glade Plugins and I had to find whatever candle I could. <laughs> <laughs> it was delightful. It was really nice. It's one of my favorite smells. Wow. Good to know. Friends, we will keep it festive in here for the rest of the year. Thank you, Fraser Fur. <laughs> if you would like to support this endeavor financially so I can stay well stuffed <laughs> with Fraser Fur candles... <laughs> Uh, and I can buy more snacks. <laughs> so we can keep, keep the, the snack pile uh, sufficiently stocked. ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Throw a few dollars into the old tip jar. That's $3 Canadian, y'all. That's And for Americans, this is nothing. Like 47 cents. <laughs> uh, Doesn't have to be $3. No. You think we're worth more than $3? We appreciate you. Yeah. We will humbly accept whatever... Financial compensation you wish to donate to this program. Also, the man outside also likes this program and is yelling at us about it. Welcome to Parkdale, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is how the old couple across the street just communicates. One of the, It's a real Brooklyn in the 40s kind of vibe. She comes out on the balcony and screams at him. He's in the parking lot. She's, 
She's pawing at the panda on her shirt right now. I don't know what's happening. They're speaking a language I've never understood, but that's that is what our life is like. But that's love here y'all. in Parkdale. <laughs> it's Parkdale love. <laughs> Parkdale love is the worst reality show. <laughs> <laughs> Worst or best. Put that one on nobody, the board, too. Nobody wants to watch Parkdale Love. Oh, my God. Real Housewives of Parkdale? Oh, my God. I'll, I didn't realize King of Kensington took place in in Toronto. Wow. <laughs> wow for not knowing. Wow for mentioning the King of Kensington. Wow for expecting anyone to know what the fuck the King of Kensington uh, was. Friends, remember when you were home? <laughs> sick from school and your mom and, would only let you watch channel 12 and price is right wasn't on yet <laughs> you found some really weird old sitcom canadian sitcom i didn't know we made sitcoms there's a reason <laughs> it's called the king of kensington uh, oh, back when kensington market was well kensington market is still kind of wild but it was, it was wilder then friends if you can't tell we done used up all the news and updates on the previous episode, so it's true. Caitlin tells me she has topics. I have topics she would like to bring up for this episode. <clears throat> so we are going to be clearing the lane a little bit. We'll still have a discussion in the back half about what I brought in this week. Yep, a very important discussion. Very important discussion. Ooh, can't wait. But as a as a prelude to that, Caitlin says she has some evergreen topics she wants to bring up. So I'm curious to find out what those are, friends. I'm going to clear the lane and let your girl take the driver's seat for this episode. Um, have you got any sort of like Christmas chimes or, you know, you know, customers screaming at each other to get out of the way? Sure. I can, yeah, I can find some. I can drop it in and post. Great. That'd be great. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so I'm prepared. <clears throat> the hunt for a new classic Christmas movie. Oh. So. You, you're, you're making, you're making moves for... I guess technically by the time this is dropping, it's, it's it's very much more on people's minds. We talked last week about how y'all should be thinking about it already. If this if this drops when I think it will, this episode, it'll be the last day of November. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. I'm sorry. It's not. But it's late. It's almost there. It's <laughs> I, almost here. I literally started having a stroke. <laughs> Caitlin watched me just stare blankly out the window as algebra floated by my face. <laughs> it's all mine. It's all my bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had a time. Time is a flat circle, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just at a time, so my brain's all, you know. I'm usually ahead a couple months because I work in finance, and you have to be. <laughs> right. But like, it's bad this month for sure because I'm like planning ahead to a wedding, planning ahead to other episodes. Christmas is coming. Still, as as this is dropping, it may be dropping like three days before Black Friday, which is like. When it really, it's oh, yeah. literally like shooting a gun in church. It's like the moment we're like, okay, it's on now. Yeah. So um, we should be making preparations. Listen, yes. I know Netflix is already, are you going to mention this well, in there? I probably, yes, okay. I am. I am. So the, the reason I'm bringing this up, it's not an, uh, the hunt for a new classic Christmas movie for me. I have plenty. So I did <laughs> mention to Jordan last week that I have the lineup for our Christmas month 2021 all lined up friends again if you're unfamiliar it's a fairly recent development in my life this is not something i've brought from like my youth or even my early adulthood but my love for bad christmas it's really your fault if i'm thinking about it oh oh good i love it um, it's my fault <laughs> but my love for whack-ass comfy-ass christmas movies right of all quality I mean, you, get, you got your elves. Yep. Those are fun. But I mean, listen, listen, I've seen Elf. 
yeah. a billion times. Do mm-hmm. I do I watch do I watch Charlie Brown if it's on? Do I listen to the soundtrack every year? Yes. Do I watch Elf every year? The first chance I get? Yes. But I've been seeing Elf. Yeah. I've been seeing Charlie Brown. Yep. You know what I didn't see last year? What? I know exactly <laughs> what you didn't see last year. Well, not not when I should have. I didn't get to see Dashing in December last year. You know? I know. I'm still upset about this. You, you still never have. I did manage to see, thanks to the benevolence of someone cute who let me watch it at her house. I got to watch Dashing in December, which was the gay cowboy Andy McDowell Christmas movie from last year. Caitlin is responsible for this. Um, I, I actually went back and re-listened because sometimes, you know, listen, sometimes I like to go back and because I'm a narcissist. I like to go back and listen to some <laughs> of our old episodes. No, I'm not a narcissist. I'm just never believe anything I make is good. So I like to go back and listen and be like, what could I have done better? I actually, I legit laugh at our episodes. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, we're funny. Sometimes we're funny. Yeah. Um, but I, was, I went back and listened to the Princess Switch episode yep. the other day because I was trying to get, wanted to feel, wanted to feel that, that, comf, that comfy warmth in my heart. And this is really, Caitlin did this Christmas Inheritance, I think was the first one you brought yes, in. Yes, I believe it was. Caitlin demanded that this happen and now it's become a staple of and, and the geek down. I'm pretty sure it may have happened because I was in hospital. Yes. And I could only watch the only thing that was on was Hallmark Christmas yes, movies. You, you and were, so I watch and Netflix ones and I like that's all I watched. That, that I is actually having recently listened to the the episode with that explanation, yes. Yeah. It is because it's because that was all you could watch. So really it was the fault of my endometriosis and my body hating me. Well, okay. Thank, thanks, but shots, but no shots, shots uterus. Uterus. Um, all right. So there is there are kind of two topics going on here. One mm-hmm. is that the world, the Netflix slash, you know, media desperately wants a new classic Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. We haven't had one for a little while. People try. Like a fail. good one? Like a good one. So... So the two movies that I've seen really be pushed recently <laughs> mm-hmm. for this year is one is called A Boy Called Christmas mm-hmm. from Netflix and 8-Bit Christmas. 8-Bit. Oh, this is the Neil Patrick Harris yes, thing, right? Yes, yes. It is. Who's got that one? I can't remember. It might also be Netflix. I, I don't know. You know, Netflix goes all out on things. It could be Amazon Prime. Not positive. Jordan is doing that. He's looking that up for me. Um, however... Um, 8-Bit Christmas leans more to what I'm interested in. It'll be on HBO Max. HBO Max. Uh, Because it's all about the uh, 80s fervored search for a Nintendo gaming system. Slight pause while Jordan watches the trailer. So, having just watched the trailer. Yeah. That is a flagrant grab for the Christmas story market share. Absolutely. But I'm not mad at it. No. Not mad at it at all. Uh, yeah, this. Thank you for bringing this to my attention, Caitlin. Uh, this is welcome. this is Neil Patrick Harris uh, narrating a flashback story to his young daughter about his, his one perfect Christmas gift, which was a the hunt for a Nintendo in in the late eighties. Um, looks. I'm going to assume a little more uh, irreverent and fun than A Boy Called Christmas. Yes. That sounds too heartwarming. It's too heartwarming. Um, however, hmm. there is this, you know, this thing about, like, coming up with the next elf, right? Like, right. that movie that people will watch every year. So, I propose those two are on the list. Okay. The next two I propose are kind of the same, but not really. They're both romances. 
One is Love Hard. Uh, okay, pause for Jordan to also watch the trailer for this one. Friends, I do love that this episode is just turning into me watching <laughs> watching Christmas movie trailers. You said we needed content. <laughs> um, and it, you delivered. Thank you. Uh, this movie understands the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> for what I need. Uh, friends, this is uh, <laughs> when the only person I recognize is Jimmy A. <laughs> Um, and I think it's the girl from the Vampire Diaries. Sure. I probably. Believe, I believe maybe. That's her, yeah. Um, she gets catfished, or she decides she meets, she matches with somebody online, decides to meet them, uh, surprise them, go to New York for Christmas, surprise them, ends up being Jimmy Yang. She's been catfished. Yeah. Um, to make it up to her, the guy whose photos he was using exists and lives in the same town. So yeah. he, he tries to set her up with them, but obviously she's going to realize that even though he catfished her. Maybe. 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 I was Listen. told. Listen. No, 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 no. I don't go to these for surprises, Caitlin. <laughs> uh, I was told by Ren that it was really good. Um, and so. How does she know? Is it out yet? Yeah. It's been sitting there this whole time? Well, not this whole time. It just came out. My she was God. like, I know it's early, but. So I think this should be number three on the list. <laughs> Are you just telling the people everything we're going to watch for? Yeah. So oh, they Jesus. can watch and, and, and you How know, many weeks do you think we're going to have? Well, four weeks. And for the fourth one, <laughs> for the fourth one, mm-hmm. folks, to bring it on back, it's become a yearly tradition. Oh, my God. They're not. It's <laughs> They are. It's the Princess Switch number three. <laughs> oh, who wants to get hudged? We're going to get hudged so bad. It's time to get hudged, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there a trailer for that? Yes, there is. Oh, my God. Caitlin. Yes. This motherfucker did not say, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh. Make one every year. Make one every year. <laughs> Hurt my fucking heart. It's so bad. I'm so excited. It's so bad, but I'm going to watch all three of them back to back. So, I... I am suggesting (laughs) that that is our lineup for Christmas 2021. Well, friends, listen, I'm not averse to this. If you have suggestions, listen, when we're watching, when we're picking our holiday selections, we're not talking about stuff that's been around. We've we've been seeing them. We've seen them. Mm -hmm. We want the hot new new. And listen, never forget. Maybe we don't know. Hold on. We don't know if the queen has anything on offer this year. It's true. It's been a hard year at sea. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know the current boat situation for Andy McDowell. It's true. It's true. We don't know. She might she might be jealous of Jeff Bezos and just be like, you know what? She's like, you know what? You go into space, I will own the seas. I need, <laughs> I need a bigger so boat. many boats. Call up the Paramount I want Network. A fleet. I want to my own fleet captain no no what's what's what, what's a fleet captain it's commodore a, mcdowell commodore mcdowell so y'all are lucky this year the queen's giving you a little room, room to breathe because according to her imdb she doesn't have anything on the docket for <laughs> for 20 for 2021 yeah you know why she's taking some time on the high seas she's she's mid-cruise right now she, she didn't have time <laughs> she took a year sabbatical to sail the pacific <laughs> Andy McDowell needs a boat, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson. Uh, we could use boat money. <laughs> Listen, if Andy, if Andy McDowell has enough boats, enough boat, 
Yeah. Andy McDowell's enough boat and wants to give us some boat money. We will happily, happily take that boat money. Uh, I'll take enough for like a dinghy. Like, <laughs> I'm not picky here. <laughs> Canoe. Do we have to actually use it though? I think Do we so. We have to use it to. Well, that defeats the purpose, Caitlin. Possibly, though. I saw. Don't someone give me boat money and then make on, me buy a boat. I'm never going to use. On my train ride this sort of, this morning, I saw someone a kayak on the on the on the river the the Humber River, <laughs> and I was like, you "Use a kayak in my life." <laughs> I was like, "Caitlin, you can't even go for a walk. <laughs> You're not going to kayak anywhere." Papa Ferguson, real big kayaker. Really? I grew, I grew up around kayaks. Oh, interesting. Yep. <laughs> Fun fact. Use, useless tidbit for you, <laughs> for you, y'all, about how I grew up. What else? What else you got? Anything else on your mind? Anything else on the old notebook? Uh, yeah. Um, I want to take a quick second to be like, look, I know there's a <laughs> lot of money in entertainment right now. They're just like we joke a lot about like Netflix being like, here, take this bucket of money, make a movie. Hence, Princess Switch number three. Oh my god, <laughs> number three, y'all. All Fiona, all Fiona, all the time. Oh. Do we? Sorry, brief pause for you know critical discussion of the princess switch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Geek Jam podcast. Do we think Fiona can sustain an entire? Are we here for the for the Fiona story? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> but am I gonna watch it? Yes. <laughs> I just worry that Fiona doesn't have doesn't have the uh, the stroke to sustain a whole movie. I don't know if I care about Fiona's love story. I I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But I'm here for it anyway, even to just support the Hudge. It's just I don't know her, but it's she little, seems like a pretty good, pretty nice a little lady. Salute for the no, the Hudge does some dumb stuff online <laughs> sometimes. Um, but what I love is how you can clearly tell they get more money every year for yeah. these. Yeah. The CGI isn't as bad. It's an actual sleigh as we're, opposed to a sleigh green screen combo. Where's, where's that old man this time, though? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where is the old what man? What if he's the Pope this time? Oh, my God. Yes. He just turns up and he's the Pope. Maybe he's actually God or Jesus. I mean, they keep selling him like that. Yeah. Some sort of guardian. Was that the same daughter from the second one, though? They ain't Viv the daughter last time. Oh, God. So. I don't know. And I didn't notice, and I always felt really bad about that. <laughs> I still feel bad about that. Jesus. But it was, I think it was more because it was a secondary character. But. Right, no, no more Princess Witch talk. Okay. What were you, what were you uh, getting into there? Oh, I was going to say, so, yeah, we know that they're just handing money to everyone but us. <laughs> um, we totally make a great TV show. Um, but there's something to be said for how lack of money can produce interesting creative workarounds so just i want to take a moment to discuss the star wars ice cream maker i'm sorry what so in um empire strikes back Mm -hmm. there is a scene where they're evacuating uh someone's gonna tear me apart uh the the sky mine lando calrissian floating thing the gas mining ship thing. I, I can't remember what it's called. No! Sky City! Sky City. I think that's what it was. So we're in Sky St- City. They have to evacuate. Mm-hmm. Someone is seen running across a couple moments of film with something in their arms. It's like a little carrier. Mm-hmm. People are like, it's an ice cream maker. That's ridiculous. Right? You get this a lot in sci-fi. Where they'll like pa- spray paint something <laughs> right. silver and be like, this is the thingamajig. And you're like, oh, it's just like a... A 
block heater, right? Like, it's like that because sci-fi usually didn't get a lot of money or they're trying to save money for things like the ship models and all of that. So in The Mandalorian, they explain what this ice cream machine is. It's the thing that holds Baskar. Okay. They take it's like a second, and people who know are like, "Oh my god, it's the ice cream maker!" Wow. Right. So. Fucking deep cuts. Deep cuts. You went down a hole this week. Well, no, I I know of it. Right. Like I just the ice cream maker is actually like people for many years at cons would dress up as the guy with the ice cream maker. It was like an inside joke, Right. right? It's like how Daleks, like literally, they started out. One of them is like. It's gun is like a a, a plunger, right. right? Like it's that kind of hokey part of sci-fi that I actually really love, um, because it just to me represents the ability of filmmakers to think outside the box, prop makers, costume makers, all of that. So my problem is with the new media, especially things that like like Star Wars, um, that get so much money that they're explaining these little things they're not adding enough of that kind of stuff to the story right you have so much money that you don't have to have these creative um problem solving Mm. that makes a movie or show iconic in some ways the mandalorian has done this for sure but i just feel like it's become it's not additive anymore it's almost subtractive. It's like the conversation about like um, Solo, right? It was like there were so many things in that movie that I was like, we didn't need to know that. Oh, right. We didn't have to have a large explanation about X, Y, or Z. We need to know why his name was Han Solo. Like We had uh, why, how, he, how Chewbacca got the na- nickname Chewie. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Or like where, you know, his dice came from or X, Y, Z. Some things can just be character quirks. Some things can just be, like, part of the character and not need a line-by-line explanation. And that is my rant. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that, like, there's almost... The the influx of capital into uh, science fiction production has stripped away some of its ingenuity. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I don't think... You could really, like, fight me on this. Uh, you could try. Um, but, I, you know, it's something that I miss in sci-fi. I want people to to have to make robots out of cardboard boxes and stuff. You want the return of jank. <laughs> yeah, I want the return of jank. You want an influx of jank back to, back to your science fiction. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot, that... Okay, with the erosion of the middle class comes the erosion <laughs> of, of the middle class movie, right? Oh, well, yeah, we've talked about... Talked about that four evs, and we we have this saying on the show, which is they could make that movie now, right? Like it's really hard to be a filmmaker that's like, hey, I want to make this budget movie, and I want it to play in theaters. Well, when you're going up against Iron Man forty seven, it's I mean, really hard. I didn't mention it in updates, but I had watched um, uh, Mark Maron had a comedy special, a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, go up on Netflix, and Netflix just like, bleh, smacked it in my face and was like, watch this, <laughs> dummy. And I said, okay. Okay. I'm making eggs this morning. Like, I'll need something in the background. And Mark Maron is not a punchline type of comic. He's, right. a, he's a very much a, just kind of like a rambling type of comic. And 
he talks about this because he gets a lot of shit on Twitter for taking. I don't go as far as he does. You know, I ostensibly take the like, you know, it's it's empty calories. Don't argue for it as cinema. Right. You know, or high art. It's artful and it can be good. Yeah. But, you know. I just watched someone punch through some, like, one guy through a building. Yeah, I like, just watched somebody smash Atlanta for the 400th time. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, like, don't get mad at Scorsese because he doesn't consider them cinema. Why do you want Scorsese to consider them cinema? Yeah. Why is that important to you? Um, but I'm not going to be, like, grow up and stop watching them, which is kind of where Marin falls on the on the side. Right. Um, and he mentions, how, like, you know, you know, if you want to go see, a, like, an, an, a movie for adults, you got to, like, drive. He's, he's rattling off all the things you have to do now. It's like, I can't I can't just go to my movie theater and see it. I've got to fill the car. i got to get a tank of gas, drive 47 miles out to some art house theater and wherever to just watch some movie about adults and their problems type of thing. Um, not to say even one jam is better than the other, but the former jam has so smited yes. the other jam. There's no room. For that, if anything, we should celebrate the success, the relative success of Dune, for just being not a superhero. It's still a superhero movie, but it's, yeah, it's a Jesus movie more than a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, saying this as someone who hasn't, who's only seen the David Lynch iteration, <laughs> the only one you need. Um, but you know, the teens love Dune, <laughs> which is great because it maybe will expand the horizons and have them you know, read it or get into other older sci-fi um, and maybe take a closer look at Dune and what it's messaging. Um, but anyways, uh, Caitlin I can, has opinions. I can go into it. Um, anyways, that is just my rant is just, I was thinking a lot about this and about the ice cream maker and <laughs> the, you don't have to explain everything. I know you have all this money, but maybe throw this money at, some like you said art house filmmaker or someone like there have been a couple a handful of them that have done really neat things on a micro budget but of course it doesn't get the space to breathe and to get well known um maybe we should spend a whole month in the upcoming year just (laughs) Just looking at not yeah the the blockbuster shit um if anything i think this is something where something like comics really thrives because yeah, Marvel and DC is always going to do their Marvel and DC shit, but there is stuff happening in the outskirts and Image or these other mm-hmm. indie publishers who do have the room to do. What was it? I was at. I passed by a cart of books at work the other day, and I saw a copy of Skyward, and I was like, and I remember saying at the time that like, oh, this book was made just to sell to Hollywood. Like yeah. that's it was literally just like a IP proof of concept book, but was still really good. Yeah. Um, I only say it was done as a proof of concept because it only ran like 12 issues and was done when it could have gone like 70 issues. Yeah. That's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to get a story out and like, you know, some visual language and then pitch it off to Hollywood. Um, but I feel like comics definitely has more room for these. Even if they are sci-fi super heroic type stories, they're not tied into the like, like, yo, you know, I don't give a fuck. I read spoilers of, of the, uh, Eternals. Yeah. Credit scenes? Mm-hmm. This shit's going to get wild, y'all. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave entertainment news. <laughs> I'm going to, like, remove all of the notifications much, on my phone. How much space do you like? <laughs> I'm going to move to the woods. I'm just going to... Me and my books. Space is coming. You may be interested, though. Oh, interesting. Judging by your reading habits, your comic reading habits of the last couple of years. 
Um, that's all I'll say about that. I don't want, I don't want them to come for me because I They'll come for spoiled you. some rando mention in some Eternals uh, post credits. But yeah, it is. I mean, this is this is known, and it's the the just absorption. I think we're at it's at an interesting flex point because. I'm probably on the odd one out here, but I don't. Marvel doesn't really feel laser focused right now. Right. Like there was a time there where like it was. Well, you, soon, we, it, uh, from the jump, it was Thanos. It was Infinity Stones. It was I like think, this is the jam. This is what we're moving towards. I think we also knew though what they were moving towards because we were so familiar with it. Mm, possibly. Where now it's just like you got some Eternals we, and you got the Loki Kang the Conqueror and type we, stuff. And we and don't know where the multiverse. Going. And we have ideas, but we don't know exactly where we're going. Or before you could be like, "Oh, they're going for Infinity War." Yeah, you may. Yeah, you may be right. It was really easy to point to, like, "Oh, they're doing the Infinity Gauntlet." Like that's yeah. what they were pointing to, and there yeah. was that was a story that was already done and it was out there and everybody knew. And now they're lifting so many things from a bunch of different comic stories. It's hard to tell. You can't immediately point to where they're going, at least not without watching a three-hour YouTube explainer video. And we know what's going to happen there. Well, friends, let us know your thoughts on these on these matters. Are you pleased with the current onslaught of Big Two Comic Company content? Just or, strapping that Disney Plus to your face at all at all times? Or are you like me and being like, look, I really enjoy this, but can we add stuff to these universes we're creating? Like an ice cream maker. <laughs> or like or just something painted in, it's actually, you know, uh, kids' toys that they <laughs> needed to like needed to to uh to put together to make a, a big robot. Like, I, I don't know, but just, I just think that there was a lot more creativity. Not to say that what they're doing with, like, CGI isn't difficult. Like, the volume is really, really cool. Um, and I like that they're mixing it up, but I just want... So she's talking about that light dome thing they use on the Mandalorian. Yeah. I just want, I just want more, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm old. <laughs> Aw, she's, she's hitting her phase. I'm, just, I'm ranting at children on my Hasht- lawn. Hashtag it was better then. She has a lawn. <laughs> she has a lawn now. I can. It's very tiny, but. Uh. She has a lawn worthy of, worthy of children yelling. Well, friends, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to journey back to a time when new ideas did get money thrown at it. Oh, man. And, and yeah. And Yeah. So when we come back, we take a trip to the rock after this break. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. And this week, Jordan has brought me mm-hmm. The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> um, but before we get into it, I'm going to go through the rules, but really quickly because they don't really apply for reasons. First rule is 
The Rule of Three, which is if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them. But of course, it is just a trashy movie from the 90s. And we do that so the thing gets a chance to be what it's going to be. Not necessary on two fronts this week. Number one, it's a movie. It's not more than one part. And number two, this thing knows what it is from the jump. Yeah, and there is a very, very good reason for that. <laughs> we will get into that. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it, the po- save it for the pod, which is the rule that... We don't talk about the thing before we were sitting in front of these microphones. Because mm-hmm. even it, it, though it is a trashy movie from the 90s, we want you guys to have the freshest of takes about stale movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, the third rule is that there will be spoilers. There will be so many spoilers because this has so much to spoil. It just kept on going. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Let's get into it. Friends, you might have some confusion if you were already familiar with this movie because you're like, that's not a bad movie. That didn't fail. And it's like, this movie made a shit ton of money. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's good. It means it's bad and fun. There's a difference. There's a difference. Every year, I try to give Caitlin a bad, dumb action movie from the 90s, preferably starring Nicolas Cage. Yep. Check. That's that's peak. And I don't know why it took me so long. To get to this one, it's popped into my brain before, and then it falls out, and I'm like, oh my god. I actually did not know this movie existed. What? <laughs> Y'all. Had no, had no idea. Oh, I can't wait for this conversation then. Friends, The Rock is a 1996 American action thriller directed by Michael Bay. Yeah, it Which is. Which is why there is so much... It's like, I think this is peak Michael Bay. But... <laughs> Produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Written by Who Cares, the film stars Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, and Ed Harris with William Forsyth and Michael Bain co-starring. The film received mixed reviews from critics, but it was nominated for Best Sound at the 69th Academy Awards. Good for you, Sound Technician. It earned box office receipts of $335 million against a production budget of 75 and was the fourth highest grossing film of 1996. And the film The Pentagon assigns a team comprising an FBI chemist and a former SAS captain with a team of SEALs to break into Alcatraz, where a rogue general and a rogue group of Marines have seized all the tourists on the island and have threatened to launch rockets filled with nerve gas upon San Francisco unless the U.S. government pays $100 million to the next of kin of 83 men who were killed on missions that the general led and that the Pentagon denied. That is what we are dealing with here. Do you want Nicolas Cage? Do you want Sean Connery? Do you want Ed Harris in his peak? Nothing good ever comes of Ed Harris showing up on screen. Listen, there was a time when if Ed Harris showed up in your movie, you're like, oh, no, nothing good. Uh -uh. You are going to get stranded. You're going to have a problem, Houston. He's going to be a figment of your imagination. He's going to be taking Alcatraz hostage. There's nothing good about Ed Harris showing up in your movie. And this was one of the peak examples of that. Do you want Brenda from General Hospital trying to make it in the movies? Oh. Yeah, where where my poor Charles heads at? You didn't know I rocked. You didn't roll. Didn't know I rolled like that, did you? No, that's deep. Shouts to Vanessa Marcel, y'all. This is big and dumb in a way that only '90s Michael Bay movies, '90s movies in general. Because listen, y'all, I grant it's 2021 now, y'all. We we have people who can vote, who can drink. Who were born after the year 2000. Yeah. So you do not know how weirdly full of ourselves (laughs) culture was, Western culture was (laughs) in the 1990s. Clinton was in office. Yep. Casual misogyny was accepted. Ding. (laughs) 
We were just living the life. We do no wrong. So why not throw fucking shot James Bond and Nicolas Cage and let them just spaz on each other for two hours through the streets of San Francisco? Caitlin McKinnon. Yes. You didn't know this movie existed. No. How do you feel on the other side? I am. I feel like this is a great movie to break down and show people how to make dumb action movies because there are so many tense moments. You know when you have that, like, moment where, like, this is it. Like, you need to, like, stop the bomb or cut the wire Mm -hmm. or, you know, save the baby uh, or, like, you know, uh, get the gun. You know, there's that moment in a film and then you've saved the day. There are, like, 17 (laughs) of these all through. Like, it just kept going and there were so many i was like how many missiles are there like swooping it just... swooping circular shots in slow motion oh, that's yeah. the answer that's how you do it yeah and, and i feel like you could just break down and be like so this is how we set this up and actually like the beginning of this film is fantastic um and i guess yeah even like the first like 20 minutes where you're establishing yeah. uh nicholas cage's character and his job or even even before that, because before that is you see them, uh, don't you see them break into the? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you see them break into the. You do. Facility. Ed, Ed Harris apologize, apologizes to his uh, wife's uh, headstone in yep. the rain. Yeah, and then they break into a facility and steal. So much rain! Life. If there's that much rain, if you're talking in that much rain, you're making a statement. Like bust out the umbrella, my dude. Um, like, you know, or you're in the covenant. <laughs> Just a little throwback from last week. A little throwback for you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so yeah, this movie was dumb. Everyone was excellent. Um, they must have asked, um, like, okay, Sean Connery was in this film because they were like, hey, do you want to, do you want to play basically James Bond if he got in trouble and they, (laughs) they just like erased him and put him in jail for a really long time? That's basically what he was. That's, that was my headcanon as the kids like to say. (laughs) Is that like that was that that was James? He was James Bond. That's who he was playing. Um, Nicholas Cage. They must have asked him to t- turn it down just a bit. <laughs> there was only like four Nicholas Cage moments. He asked John Connery to cut him some freaking slack. <laughs> there was oh I can't remember. I should have written it down, but there was a no- oh it's when Sean Connery was like was talking about history and he's like I know why don't after this is all done we go to the gift shop but for now I'd really like to find some missiles <laughs> it was just so stupid oh it's so good um yeah and that's that's basically this film it was so stupid but so good it was but it was a it was a little long it was two hours and 17 minutes I was appalled <laughs> I was like, this did I not. Fired, I fired it up for the rewatch, and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm appalled right now. Yeah, it did not need to be two hours and some. It, like, it could have been a really smooth night. You could have taken out that minutes. whole, like, you know, <laughs> Alcatraz had a mine, apparently. You could but, t- uh, yeah, but what was that? You could have taken out that whole middle section, I think, and the movie would section. not have suffered for it. But Yeah. And then, like, yeah, I just. So, shouts to Claire Forlani showing up for, like, oh. literally seven, seven minutes in this movie. Yeah, that was it. Um, And. Yeah, there were just, it was stupid. But that beginning part was great. Um, but yeah, it just, man, I, again. Fa- I, favorite dumb mo- moment of this movie. Favorite dumb moment of this movie. Um, oh, gosh. Diffusing, so. a, diffusing a bomb at the FBI. 
uh, Hummer V, the, the trolley problem actually playing out in real life yes. on the streets of San Francisco. Yes, that was amazing. Um, um, I'm trying to think my favorite dumb part of this movie. I mean, I see you tense, brought- tense standoff between factions of, of terrorizing Marines. Of terrorizing Marines. Um, uh, Underwater infiltration. It may have been. No, it actually. Well, see, it was favorite because it was actually kind of cool and and almost realistic. But when the they want to abort it, oh, it's the Nicolas Cage with the the green flares. Oh yes, Nicolas Cage with the green flares. So basically, they say like once everything has been deactivated, there's no risk anymore. There are like neutralized. N- yeah, there's like nine missiles on the island or something like that that are. are- Laced with some sort of chemical agent. Yeah. Um, VX. VX. VX gas. Um, And they're going, they're basically stealing the guidance. They can't do anything with the gas, but all they can do is kind of like take the guidance chips out of the rockets so that if they do get fired, they just go and they like fall into the sea. Yeah. Um, And the notion is that they will get, uh, they will signal that everything's cool. With these green flares. And but they think the mission has gone awry. They think there's no hope, so they are sending in an airstrike yeah. of not napalm, but something like napalm that can like incinerate uh, VX gas. Because napalm can't. Napalm so cannot. They, yeah. So they've worked around the clock to get this thing that they had theorized up and running and onto these these planes to to bomb um, the to, to bomb Alcatraz. So the the airstrike is coming. Yes. And now this is what I liked is that. They they finally see Nicolas Cage with the flares, which is like the longest protracted flare scene well, it, in any movie it's ever. In slow motion, Caitlin, and also takes forever. Like he's holding up those. He's been like shot. He's like fallen off a, a four story building. He stabbed he's, himself in the heart with some sort of antidote type thing. Nineties were big for stabbing yourself in the heart with a needle. It's a big year, big year for <laughs> cardiac uh, injections. Uh, but anyway, so like he's he's holding these slurs up forever. They finally see him, but and they're like abort, abort. But the guys in the plane, he's already pressed the trigger. Like they've already launched yes. the the bomb. Of course, the bomb doesn't kill him. No, or anybody. I was like, oh my god, did they kill all the hostages? That's a crazy move, 90s film. No, they did not. It was the other end of the island. There was no... <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even occur to me that it didn't kill the, uh, didn't kill the any 80, of the hostages. 81 hostages or however many they had. Um, so yeah, that was probably my favorite. Where it just kept on going and I was like, guys, the flares. <laughs> he has the... Let this man rest. You know what my favorite part of that was? What? When Nicolas Cage is blown into the water and you're like, oh my god, will he survive? And Sean Connery dives in to save him and yeah. you know it's a touching moment because flute plays. Yeah, it does little, little Irish flute plays. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, Scottish flute, actually, because they do mention that he's Scottish. The one film ever. He's played a Russian. He's <laughs> a British agent. He actually played a Russian oh, a couple times. Bear, yeah, bear in mind, coming off of your uh, you know recent viewing of The Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Th- he was on a run. Oh, Late yeah. 90s Sean Connery was on a major mm-hmm, run. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely, this is maybe... Is this Apex Mountain for for ninety Sean Connery? I don't know, but it's definitely up there. <laughs> it's up there. Um, but anyway, so yeah, like it was it was a good dumb action film. The only reason I wouldn't immediately go for a rewatch is because of its length. Like fair enough. That, yeah, this was if this was you know 
If we, we talk about that 90 minute mark and for stupid 90s films, if it was that 90 minute, that's sweet. Yeah. If it was like a, it was like a hundred and if it was like a hundred minutes, that yeah. would be perfect. That, yeah. That, that would be fine. Um, you can take it and listen, uh, 90s Jordan loves uh, seeing Vanessa Marcel show up, uh, but <laughs> yes. she really need to be, <laughs> didn't really need to be in the movie. No. Um, a special commendation to, uh, Nicholas Cage's entire aesthetic in the, conclusion of the movie where the whole reason sean connery was locked up was he stole some microfiche yes which uh, always Kid, love kids, a- kids microfiche <laughs> was a uh, it was like a fi- like a film uh kids film was a uh, <laughs> i see i'm a big fan when microfiche gets uh we know. Up. We know. occasionally it happens in midsummer murder because it's most of it is like 90s early 2000s i mean it's technically it's still shouts, going just but... the fish hive out there uh <laughs> which caitlin's a founding member <laughs> And he stole some microfiche with all of like America's dirty secrets yeah. and just rattle them up. It really establishes you in the world you're dealing with when Nicolas Cage's boss is like talking to another uh, agent. But like, where is this guy? I need to know everything about this guy. And my men, they're with him. They're relying on him. Like, who is this guy? And he explains it all that he stole all of our info, all of our dirty laundry, the alien landing at Roswell, the truth about Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You just rattle all that off. There, aliens exist in the rock universe. Possibly. Um, but then that's kind of like a, as a thank you. I don't know. I don't know why you even said it, but why I was very confused. I was like, wait, did was there some part of the film I wasn't paying attention for where he talked about how he also stole a million dollars? Like, <laughs> is that what's in this church in the middle of nowhere? So yes, he, he lets Nicholas Cage know where he stashed it. And the last thing you see in the movie is Nicholas Cage, like bursting out of this church in the middle of nowhere yeah. uh, with the film. And he's got like, uh, cowboy boots and an undershirt, open undershirt with a, he looks like Cape Fear, but he's got like a straw fedora <laughs> on. It's like, what is your whole vibe right now, Nicholas Cage? Yeah, and they've just been married. They've just been married, which I guess is why she's got a kerchief on or something. They're driving their own car. I guess they strung up those cans themselves. It seems like an odd waste of time, but. Yeah, but hey, here we are. Um, yeah, and I was like, is this a lead in to some other film that. <laughs> Hey, what if what if National Treasure Nicholas Cage and The Rock Nicholas so Cage are the same people? That's what I was I was like. So we have a story about James Bond. Basically, James Bond gets he he decides that he like is had enough of Americans and the British and is like so he steals this microfiche and is like oh my god people need to know these secrets and that's what happens to James Bond and this is National Treasure Nicholas Cage has finds this love of finding lost documents and that's how we get that movie i think i think we've cracked it oh my god <laughs> it's literally all it's the mcu before the mcu yo it's the mcu <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, normally i don't pick up the ones that are that easy normally <laughs> normally they get by me <laughs> normally they slip by me and i leave them lying there and i only hear them later but i got that one <laughs> Caitlin, yeah. What does this get? Uh, this as a as a regular film is like a six, and as like a a November crapathon film is like a, a nine. Like, yeah, it is. It's like this is this is classic. Just now, the only thing would would make it a ten if we had more moments of Nicolas Cage. Like Nicholas crazy, Nicholas Caging. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas, like I want Abed level of Nicholas Caging. You want sexy cat? <laughs> I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat. Ah, uh, that is on Disney Plus of all places. Yeah, I don't know why, but maybe it's because it's investing in that that 
multiverse of movies. <laughs> well, it's actually American Pictures, I think, was uh, originally one of the many Disney-owned uh, studios from back in the day. Friends, if you're like Caitlin and you have never seen this movie, do yourself a favor. Pop some popcorn. Head on, oh, definitely pop some popcorn. It's the most popcorn-ass movie that pop you some could possibly popcorn. watch. Uh, don't expect to see a woman that is helpful, except for that secretary <laughs> that says, like, one thing. She's like, no, everyone we asked is useless. Um, That's actually one more woman than I remember from being in this movie. That did occur to me as I was watching. I was like, wow, it's literally Vanessa Marcel, yeah. Vanessa Marcel to show up for, like, five minutes. I guess Claire Forlani was in it for seven. Yeah. And then that is it. Yeah. You want a woman to do anything in your movies? No. No. Good thing you're here. Good thing you've gone to the 90s. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> full of ourselves. Peak, peak mediocre white man. So friends, enjoy that. As you are listening to this, we will be off next week. Caitlin is in Vancouver. Why did you say it with a French accent? Because it's more fun that way. Oh, okay. All right. She will be out on the West Coast. Uh, I don't know, wearing rain boots and flannels and is that the color pa- is that the color palette for the wedding? Uh, no. <laughs> rain boots and flannels. No, it's actually, it's like I'm wearing this very pretty teal dress. Oh, teal. Teal, teal gown. Kate's standing in a wedding on the other side of the country, so she will be out doing that, so we'll be off next week. Mm-hmm. If you would like to let us know what you're watching, what you think of The Rock, what take your guesses on what we're concluding this month with. It's going to be a big one, y'all. so excited. It's, last year, we concluded with Southland Tales, which... That was a... Uh, was... Let's never speak of again. <laughs> that's, I, that's accurate. Yes. Um, will, this, will, this week, will this month's conclusion match Southland Tales? I hope not. I hope it's a little better than that, but what is it? Do you have guesses? Thoughts? Suggestions for replacements? Twitter.com slash GeekdownPod. Let us know. Otherwise, we will see you in two weeks, friends. Thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope to see you in two weeks' time for another fantastic but also crappy episode of the Geek Down Podcast. I'm pressing play because I'm always funny. Always funny. But. So she says. I'm definitely running out of funny. Gotta go. Gotta that's, go. It's that second episode. It's that second episode, man. It's that second episode, malaise. Thank it's God I have in. an energy drink. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a rock star. It's go go juice. It's go go juice. That's what it is. It is. It's a sugar free rock star. <gasps> no no juice. <laughs> that's good. That's good. No no juice. Um. Uh,